a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about medication, how much it costs, what doctors they're overprescribing, and it's costing people a lot in their lives when they become addicted or even try to get off of a lot of the medications they've been giving. Joining me today is Lynn Cunningham. She's the co-director and producer of Medicating Normal, which is a special on PBS. It's being shown around the country at this point. And also Angie Peacock. She's a former Army sergeant and a subject of the film Medicating Normal. Lynn, in part one of our discussion, we talked about the problems of being over-medicated. And I think the biggest problem is that's the go-to for a lot of doctors is as soon as they hear there's any type of issue, they just want to throw medication at it. Even psychiatrists, which in, in my mind, if I go to a therapist, it's just about talk therapy. But talk therapy is just switch to medication therapy. You may talk for a little bit, but they just still send you out the door with the prescription. And it's causing a lot of problems for people. So what is it that we can do individually as a society? How can we shift what's become given medications like candy and take that off the table? Well, the first thing we can do is watch the film which if you check our website, which is medicatingnormal.com, we have our, our schedule of airings of the film across the country. It's also airing streaming on the PBS app, so you can see it anytime. What we hope to do with this film, and, and then it will also be released on the digital platforms, and that's coming, so that'll be very exciting to announce that. But what we are urging and what we hope the film will do is simply start a dialogue. Um, we want people to start to ask these important questions and we, we, we don't want to malign anybody. Even the pharmaceuticals are out there doing a job of running their business. That's, that's not the issue. The issue is that these psychiatric drugs cause great harm. And until that is acknowledged, we are wasting money. We are wasting lives. Um, we are rendering very, very intelligent, uh, people like Angie. We're rendering them without the tools to contribute to society. And um, it's a huge loss. It's a personal loss, and it's it's a loss for our country. So um, we want the dialogue. We want people to talk about it without being defensive. And um, that's what we hope the film will do. I just realized as you were talking about these psych psychiatric drugs, a lot of them are actually being given by medical doctors and not psychologists. Again, 
if I'm having trouble sleeping, my first visit might be to my medical doctor and they just go, oh, yeah, I got something for you. Here you go. Is this something where maybe we should take those type of medications out of the medical doctor's hands and they can you can only get them from a psychologist or a psychiatrist? A psychologist actually is not a prescribing doctor necessarily. It's the psychiatrist who prescribes. And it is, it is at the moment we, we are in our dialogue, uh, when we show the film, we are, there are many, many psychiatrists out there, uh, and many people who believe that psychiatry needs to expand itself. It needs to reinvent itself and not have the drug as the number one method of treatment. You know, it needs to really re reinventing psychiatry is a theme out there that, um, is worth looking into, but, um, beyond that, yes, general practitioners, general practitioners also prescribe these drugs. And, um, no, I don't think they should be taken away or out of people's, um, they should be available, but they need to be given with informed consent. A patient has the right to be able to know what the pros and the cons of a given drug are. And that is, we're so far from that right now. And, um, I think that the more people, inf more patients inform themselves and the more that doctors do, the better. And an example was a, 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 actually a cousin of mine saw that came to a, a film screening in Denver. He's a GP, a great, great doctor. And a after the film was screened, he stood up and he said, you guys, I think it was a, a, a small breakout group of just psychiatrists and psychologists. And it was a lot of meditating people who were into mindfulness. And my cousins, I'm so proud of them, stood up and said, I think I prescribe more of these drugs than you guys who are psychiatrists. And, you know, he was so taken by what he had learned in the discussion, by the film, in the discussion, that uh, three or four days later, he said, I'm so excited, Lynn. A patient came in. He was an elderly gentleman. He had just lost his wife and he was feeling down. And the old me would have said, well, here's a prescription. Here's an antidepressant. You'll feel fine. But the new me, having seen the film and talked about it with, you know, a, a group of thoughtful people, decided to wait and say, hey, what do you think you might be able to do to, to, to get you out of this slump? You know, your wife has died. What are some ideas? And he came up with, well, I could take a walk with my friends every day in the neighborhood. And that is what he did. And he came back, a, you know, a few days later and said, I felt great. I did this walk. Maybe he'll eventually have to go in an antidepressant. Maybe not. But the fact is they, he, they waited and he did something tangible that actually had a result that wasn't medication. And I think the more doctors are aware that they have the power to be able to suggest that, the better. Angie, as a social worker, are you going to some of the medical schools or to classes to help people understand the problems associated with prescribing medications and so many of them and what happens when you come off of them? Yes, part of my healing has been working with the outreach team for Medicating Normal. So we've done 186 community screenings, which have included groups of doctors, groups of therapists, groups of students and universities, uh, mostly psychology or social work students. Because, I, you know, I, I do believe in educating them one at a time. And, and for the most part, psychologists and social works actually see clients longer. I mean, an average psychiatry appointment is minutes, where if you see a therapist, it's an hour a week or an hour every two weeks. 
So yes, I think education is the key to this and um, reaching as many aspects of uh, the community as possible, including patients and therapists. Yeah, and I do want to go back and really stress the medicating normal part of it. Basically, these are all emotions that are normal. Now, again, we did talk about there are some psychological issues that that you do need medicating, medication, uh, they are extreme. But going through grief, that is normal. If you sometimes have difficulty sleeping, that can be normal. So to just automatically throw all these medications at people who are going through normal feelings, how do we reset our society in acknowledging that hey, you need to feel some of these normal emotions. From a patient's perspective, you know, I feel cheated of a healing process that I needed. I needed to feel, you know, wow, I just made it out of some really intense trauma. My soldier almost died. It's really upsetting what happened to him. I, I really wish he was back with my unit. But instead I was indicated. And so I didn't even get to feel the grief. Like another soldier, my sergeant major, was killed in action about a month after I returned. So I didn't even get to feel that. And you see that part in the film. But I didn't get to feel that for 15 years because I was so medicated, I could not even feel it. So I know some people would say, well, I need an antidepressant to be able to cope with what I'm with, with what I'm dealing with and what I'm going through. But I would argue it's still there. It's like I kicked the can down the road and now I have to deal with all the grief and trauma that I didn't deal with 15 years ago. It's still here. And if anything, it's a little worse because I just went through this withdrawal experience. So yeah, the only thing I, a lot of thing, a lot of people say, you know, you might say it's normal, but it's really, it's really painful. And we, so we don't want to confuse like, yes, suffering. What, what do they say in the film? Suffering is the only, you know, normal reaction to something so severe. So yes, it, it doesn't feel good. It's not going to be comfortable, but you're, it is a normal reaction to what is, whatever is happening in your life. I've never met a person that didn't have a reaction that wasn't warranted. Yeah, I lost my job about 10 years ago. It was out of the blue. The company I worked for, they just shut down a whole bunch of different broadcast centers because I worked for a nationwide uh, broadcasting company. And so they shut down about 13 or 15 different centers, and one of them was mine. But they just like walked in one day. They're like, you're out. <laughs> and so I went through a little bit of PTSD because I just never saw it coming. You know, what do I do now? How do I pay the mortgage, uh, things like that. And I remember talking to my dad and his wife. And when I was talking to my stepmother, I started, you know, tearing up. I was crying a little bit. And she just like, oh, my God, Mike. Mike's my dad. It's like, Mike, she's crying. She's crying. And he gets on the phone. He goes, well, you know, go to the doctor. He'll give you something to make you feel better. And a light bulb went off. And I went, oh, you guys are like on the medications to never feel bad. And I knew that this was a process I had to go through. I just couldn't always control when I was crying or not, but I was had to go through it. Yeah, and I, I think that it's really important to be able to go through emotions. It's part of the human experience. And I think that as a society, we, well, a little bit like your parents, but we've been programmed to identify ourselves with diseases. And this isn't just in psychiatry, it's across the board, but um, Anna Lemke, one of the experts in medicating normal, talks, uh, sort of told a story. It didn't make it into the film, but, but I love it where she is with a group of students 
and the students go around the circle introducing themselves. And instead of giving their name and a little anecdote about who they are as a person, they, they, uh, they give a diagnosis. They, they actually call themselves by their diagnosis. Um, you know, hi, I'm Jane. Uh, I have PTSD. And this is, there is something wrong with our society that we are beginning to identify ourselves as what is wrong with us or what has been. And, and these are, these are, if you look into the DSM, these are not real diseases. I mean, of course, they are collections of symptoms that have been classified as diseases, but the symptoms of PTSD can be very much the same symptoms of grief or depression. All the symptoms overlap and uh, the actual diagnoses are used um, primarily to prescribe drugs. That's that's what their role is. So we need to go beyond that, I think. Yeah. Angie, what do you see in the future, especially as a social worker? Where do you see us going or hope to go? I don't know. I have I have very critical view because the United States is such a slow moving to do any change. The UK seems to be far ahead on these issues. They recognize that people experience very intense withdrawal symptoms. They've recently shifted to prescribe antidepressants less, if at all, for mild to moderate depression because the evidence shows that they are not any more effective than a placebo. So the UK is way ahead of us. The US is, is far behind. So really our focus with the film is educating people one at a time, educating patients to be better consumers of information and to read the pamphlet and to ask the pharmacist questions, to ask your doctor, what's my exit plan? How long will I take this? You know, um, is there any alternatives to this? What are the risks? And to really weigh, be careful and weigh those risk benefits and alternatives before deciding to take one. So really, I mean, our, my focus, our focus is, you know, just getting the message out to the masses because I'm just, I'm just so worried about the pharmaceutical influence of the mental health industry and sort of those narratives that are playing out that we need to focus on the people that are actually taking the medications and visiting doctors. Again, this is a PBS special. It's called Medicating Normal. Now, I live in Utah, and it's already being broadcast on PBS. Is it around the entire country yet? Yes. Well, it's on the PBS app. So in that sense, you can stream it anytime. But if you check our website, medicatingnormal.com, there will be a list of local broadcasts in your area. So um, yeah, that's medicatingnormal.com. And then in about a month or two, we will also have it up. Oh, it's also available uh, for sale on our website for rent. Since it's in most places now across the U.S., I would say, I know, Lynn, you talked about your brother who had the reaction, realized, oh, my gosh, you know, I've been over medicating. He felt possibly he was over medicating. Have you heard from other doctors who also have realized that or they have started prescribing less for symptoms that they might have prescribed medications for previously? Yes. If you if you check, uh, Angie alluded to the 185 community screenings that we've had since the film was first uh, in its festival phase. And most of those 185 screenings have panel discussions. And we've put doctors on those panel discussions, many of whom are very aware of the, uh, of the problem and are very careful about prescribing. And um, they are easily, they're available on YouTube to watch. And yes, I think, I think a lot of good doctors are beginning to be aware of this issue. And um, 
yeah, I think it's it's more and more. If you if you look at uh, the literature out there, just what's available in articles, it's change. It's changing. So I think there is an awareness, and hopefully the film will um, accelerate that awareness. Um, one other thing that is really important, and it's how we found. Uh, if it weren't for the internet, this film wouldn't have been made. And what the internet has been able to do is uh, create these support groups for people. Every single medication out there has a support group of people who are dealing with the experiences of being on any given drug. And this is really, really important because we have found, we found many people who added, whose experiences were um, similar. I mean, all across the country, we chose our, our, our five characters because they were articulate and credible and everything, but we could have chosen any number of hundreds and hundreds of people that we interviewed who had similar experiences. Um, so go to the support groups. If, if, if I were to talk to a, I would say to a doctor, go to the support group of the drug you're prescribing to someone and just see how people are responding to it. Um, so in addition to watching the film, there is a lot of information out there, a lot of resources, and we list them on our website as well. Any final words, Angie, for you? You know, to everybody out there that's suffering with mental health struggles, I, I see you, I hear you, hard it is. I've lived that for, I'm going on 20 years now, but there is a plethora of other alternatives that are less risky that have less side effects. I've, I've had the experience of trying like acupuncture, Reiki, service dogs, equine therapy, horses. Um, so later today, I'm going to go try cranial sacral. So there's all these things out there that are so much less harmful and might give you more healing. And e even just to feel your emotions and to be in a safe place with somebody who listens to you that understands you, that can be so healing. So I just, just urge everybody out there listening to, to go find those things that really, really help you. And especially those good people in your life that will help you so much more than, you know, 15 years of psychiatric drugs and withdrawal. I, I just don't wish this experience on anyone else. Well, thank you so much to my guest, Lynn Cunningham. You are the co-director and co-producer of Medicating Normal. And also Angie Peacock, you are a former Army Sergeant and one of the subjects of the film, Medicating Normal, which can be seen on PBS or streamed on the PBS app. So hopefully everybody will go there and watch. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for continuing the dialogue. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.